Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Another gorgeous Saturday in October. It's just spectacular. You heard the weather a moment ago. It's going to cool down, but still... For late October, early November, we will take it. I know there's been a lot of uh, remembering uh, the Halloween blizzard of 30 years ago. Well, we don't have any of that in our future, at least our uh, short-term future anyway. So uh, good news on that front. And I've got other good news. Doug Swinhart is in. We have Tech Talk, and our phone and text line is open right now. So if you're having problems with your computer, hardware, software, whatever, feel free to call or text the program. 651-461-9226. 651-461-9226. And we bring in Doug. Doug, how have you been this week? Oh, just wonderful, Steve. Thank you for asking. Yeah, and a lovely day today. I just love these late fall days where it's bright and sunny and warm. Got a little yard work done. Uh, I certainly have more to do with the leaves continue to fall. But uh, we're going to take a break. We're going to talk tech this hour. And, Doug, I wanted to open with something we generally don't talk a lot about, but certainly was big news this week, and that is Facebook. And Facebook is a wildly popular social media platform. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg is one of the richest people on earth. And they went through a name change, Facebook, now Meta. Uh, But what what I wanted to get into is Facebook and the fact that Mark Zuckerberg is one of the richest people on planet Earth. I'm leery of it. I dabbled in Facebook for a short period of time, and then I got out. And I'll just say up front, I'm not on Facebook. Don't use it. Uh, There's things about it, frankly, that freak me out a little bit. Oh, I couldn't agree more. And, and in fact, I went through almost the same transition, and I decided to opt out of Facebook 25 years ago, 20 years ago, something like that. I still am everybody in the world's friend. Once you're in, there's no getting away. But I don't log on to them. I have no accounts that are actually permitted by me anyway. But I, I think I've probably got eight or ten profiles in there that, I never created. It's a little disturbing. I don't know if you heard, but you know their um, their stock value dropped five percent this year, this week. That's a pretty substantial chunk on a company that size. I don't know whether it was a name change or exactly what, but I um, I agree. I think that Facebook is um, a little bit over invasive to suit me. That, that's just my opinion. Yeah, and there is a lot of criticism on how Facebook operates and how Facebook is being used, and they're not doing enough to, and this this is true for a lot of social media platforms, that they're not doing enough to protect disinformation or from bad actors using their platform for wrongdoing, whatever that is. And it's not all political. I, you know, I, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole today for sure. 
but but the point being is is that it's still early and and you brought up you know 20 25 years facebook founded in 04 but i i know what you're saying uh-huh. um i i dabbled in it for a year or so and then it just got to the point where yeah there there's there's too much about me where where twitter is more controlled where you can put a thought out there or a comment out there but they're they're not mining as much as facebook is and i think as we go forward and i don't know if you agree with this doug that this will become regulated at some point that that we're we're starting to see a push to do that there's free speech and then there's manipulation and i think there's a lot of folks whatever your political beliefs are that uh once again the bad actors are using these platforms to manipulate people in ways that aren't always good. Oh, I couldn't agree more. Um, and, and, you know, the thing is, is when it comes to uh, the, the, the topic of free speech and freedom to be who you want to be online versus when you're obnoxious, I don't think it's difficult to spot when it's a, a mass propaganda campaign. I think that sticks out like a sore thumb. And I agree. I think that regulation is inevitable. It's no different than somebody standing up and screaming fire in a loaded theater. It just, you know, people, human nature is human nature. And there has to be some steps taken where the selling of advertising and giving people priority over creating such mass campaigns, and they do it in such a way to where you can't really nail one account because, well, they might use 300 accounts to generate the so-called interest, and to push the search engine uh, machine up to the top. I couldn't agree more. It's in our future. I hope soon. I just don't think that a government of any country can pop over and start influencing the way we think and what we do and feel, well, the U.S. has done that too. But that's not the point. This is a private company. doesn't need to be selling information to every government on the planet. And I think that's wrong as well. But, you know, everybody's got an opinion, and it won't be long, and pretty soon it'll all meld together, and we will find a balance. It yeah. will come. Yeah, and, you know, to give Mark Zuckerberg credit and others that have built these social media giants, and, you know, he's a billionaire many times over, is the ability to mine information on individuals. They, they don't really make anything. What, what they've done is they've found a way to mine and trade in people's personal information. And in a way, it's genius. You have no inventory. Now, now granted, they've had to build infrastructure and advance, you know, invest in servers. And anybody who saw the film The Social Network, yep. you know, gets an idea on how it started and how it was funded and the people that got involved. And it, it is very interesting on how this whole industry kind of started with Mark Zuckerberg 17 years ago right. and and now has tremendous influence on our civilization not not just our society it's really an interesting uh, transition and where it goes and how it will be regulated and how it will be controlled going forward uh, will, will be something to watch for sure by the way our number on the program is six five one six or I should say six five one four six one nine two two six. 
651-461-9226. And we want to start with our text line today and get a couple of those out of the way before we hit our first break in the program today. Um, can you explain about these attacks pose a threat to Chromebooks and, and beyond that, Linux? What do you know about it, Doug? Uh, you know, it's really interesting what's happening here. Uh, and I'm not exactly certain where it all is coming from. I, I find that it's key that it seems to have a lot to do with, since Google has went from private to public, their algorithms for what they do to generate dollars has changed, and several of the browsers are actually putting countermeasures in for the Google machine. Let's keep in mind that the Google grid is, I would estimate, somewhere around 60 to 70% of the total Internet backbone. So when Google makes a move, it affects everything. And the Chrome browser and Linux version, I always install Chromium, which is the actual open source original Chrome browser. And today, I think a lot of people will, will do a search for Chromium, and they see the Chromium operating system, which is different than the browser, sort of. And today, Chrome, the Chrome browser, but most of these, what he's calling attacks, is information coming directly from Google before anything really even happens. So I'm not I'm not so certain it's as 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 devastating as that what it could be. Now, that said, there's a lot of browsers that are built on a Chrome core, the Chromium core, I should say. Uh, Brave they don't seem to be having the issues that that Chrome is having, and I'm not certain whether they've got extra components inside that prevent that or what's happening. But I think Google Chrome will be all right. It's just a question of time, matter of time, and then too. They're developing the Android operating system, which will encompass browser and OS. They're wanting to do it so it will communicate with every type of computer, and that's a big challenge. Different processors, different RAM, different hardware, calls for IRQs, changes, and I think if, uh, if Microsoft is worried about anything, that would be it. So I'm not certain where the attacks are coming from. I think most of it is just warning stuff. I haven't seen any real damage happening, so we'll just have to wait and see. By the way, uh, the number is 651-461-9226. 651-461-9226. We are going to take a break. We'll come back on Tech Talk. Uh, Doug is in for the entire hour. Our number again, 651-461-9226. Carrie Clyde is our producer. And if you call into the studio, you'll visit with Carrie, and she'll put you on the air or get you set to go on the air. When we come back, we'll talk to Doug about Windows Defender. Is it it's still viable? And also, um, the very latest on Windows 11. Uh, we'll get Doug's thoughts on Windows 11. And if uh, we download Windows 11, uh, what happens to our data? We'll get into all of that with Doug in a moment. Here on News Talk, E3-O-W-C-C-O. Tech Talk with Doug, uh, Windows Defender, uh, questions on that, Windows 11, and much, much more. Great way to get in on the program and any of our programs is via the text line, and the number is 651-461-9226. And you can also call the program, same number, 651-461-9226. This is good for all our programs, seven days a week here on News Talk, E3-O-W-C-C-O. 
Um, let, let's start with that Windows Defender question. Uh, Doug, do you still recommend that, or would you use something else? I think for Windows Home users, if it's a retail product came with a computer uh, and you set it up, I would say a third-party outside protection package is necessary. And many people who are configuring computers today, right at the start, they're actually shutting Windows Defender down and completely removing it. Now, the idea of having it run in the background is kind of a good idea, except that here again, your Microsoft has the ability to just go inside. I think it's making your machine vulnerable. Yeah, anything that has this automatic hidden entrance to a computer really needs to have some assemblance of of watch. You got to be able to to keep track of what it's doing. It has to be somewhat accountable. If if a virus comes in using that particular pathway, wouldn't it be Microsoft's fault that that happened? In my mind, it would. So I, I think that at this particular point, uh, people should be looking at uh, Malwarebytes, uh, ESET, ENOD, uh, ESET32, uh, or Avira, a German antivirus company. Just be aware that when you buy a package, even Malwarebytes, they, these companies are there to make a dollar. They're making a living. Don't over-security. Don't do too much. You gotta, you're looking for that balance, that sweet spot of enough security so it does not hinder per, per performance. And it's not like having a fast car on the weekends to impress the girls. That's not what this is about. The, your computer, the faster you make it run, the more stable it is and the longer it will last. So we're looking for a longevity thing here as well. But I think as far as Windows Defender goes, it's just been inconsistent. Yeah, One, year, one month we can depend on it, and next month, well, it kind of slipped through. It's not our fault. And there's no such thing as a zero day. I grant you that. But some of the things that go on are questionable as to was it caused because of this background stuff that allows Microsoft to just enter your computer without anybody's knowledge. And that brings up the point that you made earlier with Facebook. We really are no longer Microsoft's customer. We're their product, just like Facebook. So it's a, it's a changing world, that's for sure. Tech Talk continues with Doug for the entire hour. By the way, uh, if you want to contact Doug uh, during the week, we'll have his phone number and email a little bit later on in the program. Uh, Let's follow up on Windows 11. We have a number of texts on this, and Doug, maybe you can speak on on this for a minute or so. Um, What do you know about Windows 11? should should people make that move at this point in time? And then ultimately, if they do download Windows 11, uh, w- do they need to be concerned about their data? And I'll just jump in and say, before you do anything, back up your data. Make yes. sure you have your data safe and secure before you do anything with your computer. That's always a concern. First, take care of your data. You couldn't say it enough, and you couldn't make a, a the point strong enough. As far as Windows 11... I don't think most people should even consider it until the second half of 2022 when it finally gets released to the public. Right now, it's in a beta uh, environment. They are asking users to test it and report back. And in fact, even if they don't report back, it will report back to Microsoft anything that it finds, anomalies, bad things like that. I would not recommend anybody put this on what's considered a production machine, a computer that you are using daily for connecting to your bank and connecting to your connecting to Facebook. It, it's just, it's not there yet. It's just not quite there yet. The major changes that I can see, 
people say, oh, it's all just cosmetic. That's not entirely true. Microsoft is making more attempt to use active RAM, active memory, which will speed up their operating system. And But the architecture at the basic level of Windows, everything is wide open, and it's up to the software to keep it closed, each individual package. And that's part of what where the conflicts come from with malware and viruses, and what can get in and what can't. But here again... It's, I don't think that it's ready. It just, it just doesn't make sense on any production machine. And wait until it comes out. I don't think you're going to see another move like they made with 10, where they just pushed it out. Whether you want it, whether you accept it or not, you're getting it. They might. Who knows? We don't know what Microsoft's going to do. I, I wish they'd be a little bit more clear on their future plans. And then once they tell us what they're going to do, stick with it. That Don't change that by the day. I... I that part I don't care for. Um, if, it, if your machine is running, don't change it. Don't bother. If you got an extra machine, by all means, play. But take the approach you're doing this to expand your knowledge. And be aware, it's in beta. You are giving away your time and your effort, and hopefully we'll get something in return. That's that's my opinion, Steve. Yeah, and uh, we, we, we've said it for years on the program no, no, no reason to to be the first in line to try something out, especially when you need your machine, whether it's a business machine or a personal machine, and you pay your bills and and you send emails and and you interact with family on it. Just too valuable piece of equipment to uh, to play around and experiment. If things are working fine, uh, if it if it's not broke, don't fix it. Oh, um, absolutely. You know, absolutely. And, and you've said that for a long time. Um, Doug, a quick uh, follow-up on the backup uh, data. We, we, we throw that out there every week on the program. Back up your data. Mm-hmm. Uh, have a number of copies. Uh, cloud storage. Uh, if, if you have multiple email accounts, emailing really important files to the other account uh, can be a great way to make sure you safeguard something you really absolutely positively have to have, whether that's, that's a photo or a document. And then uh, hard copies. And I, I saw uh, online, I was, I was poking around, uh, thinking about maybe getting an external hard drive. They're so cheap. Oh, yeah. You know, you, you, you've said that, and, and I did a little digging. It is unbelievable uh, how much storage you can get for hardly any money at all. It, it's incredible. Yeah, a two terabit today. What, $25? Yeah. I, it's just mind-blowing. Just absolutely mind-blowing. And, and in fact, you can get the small ones now that have a 500 gig, um, one terabit, 5G, and it's uh, $26.49. small enough to slide right in your pocket. Uh, it's, a, it's incredible. And backup drives do not have to be super fast. It helps if they do when they're writing the data, but it's not that big a deal. The big thing is, is is it solid? Is it consistent? Can I rely on it to be there 10 years from now if I don't plug it in at all? And that's the big thing. Just make sure we're getting quality. I always worry about when the equipment starts getting too cheap. I like to save money just like the next person, but I have to be able to rely on the equipment as well. And we're seeing a lot of that with the USB flash drives today. You got to step up to the plate and buy a decent one if you're going to use it more than a month or two. They they're dropping like flies, but you get what you pay for, and you pay for what you get. I think too that people really should be examining carbon copy. 
or a service like this. If you don't have the time to or have the interest to figure out how to do it by hand in, in iTunes or, or in Google Drive or something like that, for goodness sake, check out Carbon Copy. They took over Mosey, and I thought their price would just skyrocket. It did not. They're a great company. You set it up. You got this thing working. It's just seamless. And I've restored several systems using Carbon Copy. It's a snap. Even changing and upgrading the operating system, it's still a snap. These people got it together. And there's another company called SugarSync that's a big one. But in my mind, if I was going to put out the money for a service like that, it would be Carbon Copy. It really would. All right. Uh, Very important. Back up your data. If you take anything from this program week in and week out, make sure that data is backed up. Because hardware will fail. And, you know, I have a good friend in the car business, and he said, you know, there's this, this perception, you know, vehicles break where parts wear out uh things don't last forever if you think about the environment that an automobile operates in you know especially in this neck of the woods from you know 30 below in the winter time to 100 degrees in the summertime and most vehicles sit outside most of the time you know it's pretty incredible and if you think about you know especially a laptop what they go through in a bag out of a bag Different environments change in temperature. They're pretty reliable pieces of equipment, all things considered, but they do break. And that's oh, why having that backup plan is so important uh, to, to make sure that data is secured. And, Doug, I know over the years the, the heartbreaking scenarios are when someone has a, a major hardware failure and, and it's difficult or impossible to recover their data. Oh, you should see the look on some woman's face when she looks you in the eye and she says, 25 years of pictures are gone. It's, it's incredible. Yeah. I, that, this, this, is, this is half of a lifetime, sometimes even more than that, just disappeared. Now, they can recreate some of it from family and friends, but it's not like their original collection. No, it's not the archive. And, you know, Doug, I, I think my wife and I talked about it, you know, and, and this is kind of a, a, a disaster plan, if you will. You know, if you had 15 minutes, you know, kind of like the people facing the wildfires out in Colorado or, or the, you know, potential for flooding and those sorts of things, hopefully we never have to deal with it. But what would people grab first? And I, I suppose a computer right now is at the top of the list. But, but photos, photo albums, those types of things, potentially financial records, well, most of those people now have those electronically on their computer. So if that's the first thing you would take, if you had to evacuate your home, why wouldn't you back that stuff up? That, that's, the way I, that's the way I look at it. I mean, it, 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 it's an insurance policy. You just need to take time to do it. Well, and you know, the thing is, is, is let's suppose they had to leave the house and they didn't have a chance to get the computer. If your data's up in the cloud, as soon as you get to a computer, you still have your data. We can replace hardware. We can replace operating systems. We can replace all kinds of that stuff. What we can't replace is your data. That's specific. That's the whole purpose of having a computer in my mind. So I couldn't agree more. A three-stage thing, at least one copy, working copy on your computer, another external drive, keep it at home or in your car, in your purse, whatever. And one up in the clouds. If you've got those three, you are pretty well 
in a real good shape. And most people have more than one device, so they would, could actually sync them. But you've got to be careful with the syncing. If you delete something on one computer and it automatically deletes on the other, whoops, there's no yeah. going back from that. So, But people are, once they sit down and they think about how it's going, it's much simpler than what they think. It's just unlearned. We just don't know what we don't know. But you must do this. It's just critical. All right, quick break. We'll come back. Rick and Cooner Rapids waiting on the phone line. Uh, we have a lot of tax lined up today, so we appreciate you joining us here on Tech Talk. Uh, Doug Swinhart, good enough to join us Saturdays between 2 and 3. Sports schedules permitting, of course, here on News Talk. E3-O-W-C-C-O. Tech Talk on a Saturday here at News Talk. E3-O-W-C-C-O. And we're going to get to uh, the tax line here real quickly, but let's go to the phone lines. And uh, bring in uh, Rick from Coon Rapids. Rick, you're on the air with Doug. Hello. Yeah, hi. Say, Doug, I, I thought I had an autocomplete problem, but it, but apparently it's just on my CenturyLink uh, sign-in page. Whenever I go in to CenturyLink and enter my password, a bunch of bogus entries pop up, and I can't figure out how to get rid of them. Uh, first of all, I would suggest that you clear your cache in the browser. Next, I would log into CenturyLink. Just go to CenturyLink.net, I believe it is, and grab a fresh URL. A lot of these online services that are providing email for us, they you probably you may have actually saved that web link, the URL, the Universal Resource Language link, to um, a bookmark or a favorite. Well, they might have changed a couple of characters in there, and it's trying to research and go back, and it's using a process called Wayback uh, to fix that. Just get a fresh one and try that. Always go to another browser as well. Let's make sure it isn't something running on your computer. But I think it has, probably has more to do with um, how the web address is linked at CenturyLink. They're going to continue to change those, and that has to do with your security, their security, and a lot of things that happen with security appear to create trouble, and it's just catching up with the changes that they've made on their end. And I hope that helps, John. Thank you for the call. Yeah, uh, good call. Or Rick. Yeah, Rick from Coon Rapids here. By the way, our number on the program, 651-461-9226. And let's jump back to the text line and get to more questions. Uh, Doug, can you recommend a good alternative to C? Sea cleaner. We've talked about that for years. Oh, absolutely. I think the best thing in the world for Windows 10 is Provisor. Uh, P-R-I-V-A-Z-E-R. It is just wonderful. I can't say enough good things about that program. And it's improving every day. And it's still open source. You can download it and have it for free. Uh, and the gentleman will ask for a donation. If you like it as much as I do, send him a couple of bucks. It's just a wonderful piece of work. I think it does a much better job than SeaCleaner did, and I, I may have been one of the biggest proponents on the planet for SeaCleaner for well over 25 years. And it's still a good product, but I don't think it's going to even begin to compete with Provisor. Provisor just goes so much farther with cleaning of the drive. First time you run it, it's going to take a while to clean your whole drive. Once it gets it all in order, one click, done, done, and done. It's wonderful. Yeah, Doug, uh, there's a number of uh, texts, and we're going to try and combine these. And in regards to your cell phone and apps 
and what apps are communicating about your cell phone usage. And this is another area we brought up Facebook at the top that, that you should be a bit concerned about and, and be careful about the apps you keep on your phone and, um, you know, what, what they're learning about you. Oh, absolutely. And, and in fact, your smartphone, and people got them, your smartphone has an ID that is tying everything together. Your computers, your work, your insurance, and that was established many, many years ago. So it's really important to watch what the, what you're doing, I think even more so with your phone than your computer at home. And I, other than email, I keep them completely separate. They're, but, but like I say, you got to have email, but you don't have to have all your email. Many people today have multiple email accounts. Maybe you have one separate for your phone that forwards to your home email. There's ways that you can keep them separate and still maintain everything. Now, that said, I also think that these uh, smartphone companies that create operating systems, whether it be Android or Apple or whatnot, I think they have an obligation to make certain that our equipment is as safe as possible. And people say, well, they do. Well, but do they? Yeah, I think part of the problem, too, is this, is this using an operating system or software to create planned obsolescence, forcing us to buy new equipment when they decide, or whatever criteria they use, I'm not certain where that's going to go, but that's another one I think to put in the suggestion bag for something needs to be regulated here. There's got to be a balance. And that's really what I'm kind of looking for. But they are probably safer than they have ever been. And I think that that's good. With smartphones, I tell people, if you're going to be adding apps and applications Don't assume that they're safe because they're coming off the Google Play Store or the Apple Store. We cannot assume that anymore. They could have something bad going on for months before either one of those even find it. And that should not be their responsibility, in my opinion. But if you keep to the basic what they send you, and there's some changes that need to be made there as well to personalize them. But if you're downloading apps, make absolutely certain you know who you're doing business with. That is critical. You really shouldn't have any problem at all. I don't think you should just, well, if you could add, want to add some protection, you certainly could, but don't get carried away. The same thing will happen with your phone. Too much security will bog it down and actually, I think, take away from your security. So find that balance. But both Apple and Android are doing a great job there, and I hope that helps. Doug, VPNs, we've talked about that before. Quickly, what is a VPN, and would it be necessary with an Apple computer? Yeah, you know, VPNs, it's a, it's a great concept. Um, I've tried to set up four or five of them in my place, and I just see that the, the speed goes down so much in the performance. I, and I've got a gig feed. And if you've got 1,200 megabytes per second download and 40 megabits per second up, you should not ever wait for anything. doesn't matter if the equipment on the other side is that fast or not. You've got enough bandwidth to where everything should flow. I put a VPN in, and that doesn't happen. Now, that said, I'm trying to do what's called a whole home or a whole location VPN. So if somebody comes into my house, connects to the Wi-Fi, they don't have to do anything. They're behind the virtual private network. I think part of the problem here is virtual private networks disguise your IP address. And there has to be accountability, not only from the companies, but from users as well. 
If you're out stealing software or doing something that's illegal, that I can't imagine why else you'd need to hide your internet protocol address. But VPNs, that's part of the thing is is making you uh, uh, anonymous. And th- this is creating a problem more with copyrights than anything. And in addition to that, each country is attempting to keep the bounds so, you know, otherwise if you're out of the country, well, you're a U.S. citizen. You, you know, Do you really have to follow their laws? Well, you do if you're there in person. But being there in Cyberville or being there with a virtual presence, none of this has been addressed, to my knowledge, yet anywhere on the planet as far as making new laws. And I think it needs to be an international thing. It's finally time that all the governments in the world get together and start to coordinate for the betterment of us all. So maybe it'll be worth it all in the end. But it's just, uh, it never changes. It never stops changing. I think it's too premature to really rely on a VPN. If you have to have that kind of security, by all means. I think it's more important that we be good users, that we be conscious about what we're opening up in our email, and who is sending us what. Can't assume that they're just good guys because they're on the Internet. And make sure that you're not dealing with somebody that's using logos they downloaded from your bank or your credit card or something like that. But we're not seeing near the activity that we used to even five years ago. I think we're winning this battle, Steve. I really do. Quick break. We're going to come back. We meant to bring it up a week ago and ran out of time. We will not run out of time. How do you manage passwords? What does Doug recommend? We'll get into that. Uh, passwords, you absolutely have to have those. Uh, wh- what about uh, that extra level of encryption where, say, you go to a website and then they send a code to your phone? I really like that level of security. We'll, we'll get Doug's thoughts on that coming up in a moment. You're on News Talk. E3O, WCCO. How do you keep track of passwords? And you, you can't be out there on the Internet without them. You need to log into your computer. You need a password. You need to get your email. You need to get your bank account, so on and so forth. Doug, it's a gigantic question. We've talked about it from time to time, but let's get into this. What do you recommend? What, what do you use to help people manage passwords? Well, you know, it depends on how many they have. The simplest method, if you have a Gmail account, and you certainly should, is to just have a simple document and record the site, your username, and your password, and save it up under Google Drive. Now you have one password that you must remember, one and only one. That is simple, and it, but it's more time-consuming. If you have multiple passwords, my favorite freebie is KeePass or KeePass X. Both of those are open source. You can download them. KeePass X is a cross-platform. So run on a Mac, run on an Android, run on Linux, Windows, DOS, the whole nine yards. And that's really the thing. Even though you might be a complete PC nut today, who knows? Maybe next year you might be looking at a Mac. Maybe Google comes out with a new Android operating system that puts everything to shame that's on the planet right now. We don't know where we're going to go. Just keep in mind that this business, this industry... Changes in light years, and it really does. So keep an open mind about these things. There are a plethora of, of password managers out there. They're LastPass and, and, and you go right down line, Dashline. 
I bet you there's 20 of them, and nearly every one of them will give you a trial version. But the true free ones that are open source, that are backed by integrity, if you will, I think that um, that KeePass is absolutely the, the cat's meow if you want one. And I like to have something that maybe requires activation from a thumb drive. Now you don't really even need a password because you pop in your little thumb drive that's all put together properly, and you've created, you've archived it and told it to be a write-only, so it can't be changed. And you push this into a machine, and up comes everything. You go to that site on any browser on that computer, even if it isn't your computer. It picks up that USB flash drive that you've created and automatically puts in your credentials. Can't get any easier and it can't get any more secure as long as you maintain where that USB drive is. Make a copy of that, too. Maybe put it in the bank vault. Not sure. But this is getting to be more and more of an issue. One thing we should also bring up, Steve, I don't think it's a good practice for people to use the same password for everything. That's bad. Uh, You might want to use the same password on a couple of accounts, but change it up, even if it's just minor changes. Throw a couple of dollar signs on the end of it or put a dash in the middle. As long as it makes sense to you and it's memorable and it's secure. But it should be minimum eight characters, should have uppercase and lowercase letters, should have some numeric and some special character as well. And that's my rant. But don't get too carried away with this. You can keep it simple. But do not tape it on the bottom of your keyboard or on the front of your screen. That's my favorite. Big piece of paper on the side of their screen tape says passwords. I, I, I used to run into offices and see that. Just, oh, yeah, I don't know. Yes, no. That, that, but, not a good idea. Well, we were just about out of time on the program today. Uh, but, Doug, uh, we, we get a, a, a text or two each and every week on this. Uh, you, you bring up Provisor, that uh, free PEC cleaner and privacy tool, P-R-I-V-A-Z-E-R. I'll do it again. P R I V A Z E R. Doug recommends that. Uh, good, good thing for Windows 10 machines. Uh, Doug, we got to run. Uh, what's your phone number? What's your email? Oh, thank you. Six five one five five two nine five four three. And of course, admin a d m i n at wccotech.com. Wccote ch.com admin at wccotech.com steve thank you so much and have a wonderful day yeah good to visit with you doug as always we'll talk to you next week cool there he is doug swinhart joining us here on tech talk at news talk e3owcco and once again uh he's good enough to join us each and every saturday sports schedules permitting uh between uh Two and three o'clock, and we apologize if, if you weren't able to make it on the air today. Uh, we'll we'll try to uh, get you on the air next week. So we invite you to call or text uh, here on Tech Talk. Quick update on that weather. In a word, lovely for the last Saturday in October. Fifty-five degrees, west winds at seven miles an hour. For tonight, clear skies, a low of thirty-six. A little cooler tomorrow, sunny and forty-seven. A dry, cool week uh, coming up. We'll have the news, we'll have the weather in a moment. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours 
and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh, oh.